Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and join me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, it's a great day. We are talking about a team, and I am mildly excited about, about that, I suppose. That is a fair statement, uh, Tyler. We are talking about a team because we are doing our 30 teams in 30 over 30 days previews headed towards the NBA season. I'm, I'm very, very pumped about this. Uh, I'm excited that, uh, you know, all you listeners out there, all you Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash watching the boxes are starting to gear up for that fantasy basketball season. And tonight we're going to be talking about a team that plays in uh, one of the worst cities in America, the Orlando Magic. Uh, Orlando is a cesspool, is a sweltering, swampy swamp of a cesspool. But the Orlando Magic, they're a cool team. They got some promise. And they didn't really make too many moves last season. So you're going to see a very similar team they saw last year, uh, Jerry and Grant. Uh, left the team, so did Timothy, uh, Timothy Mozgov. The untradeable Timothy Mozgov was uh, was waived, so apparently he was traded like 13 times after he was considered untradeable. And they added uh, Al Farouk Aminu, and that's really kind of it. They re-signed Terrence Ross, uh, Nikola Vujovic. They re-signed Michael Carter-Williams, if you care about that. But pretty much the Orlando Magic of last year except for Al Camino, are the Orlando Magic of this year. So I have to ask you, Tyler, what is the most interesting fantasy thread going in to the Orlando Magic season this year? Um, so it's probably the, the two guys that everyone gets hyped on and what, what's their value this year. Um, I think we always see people get hyped about Aaron Gordon and get hyped about um, – Jonathan Isaac because they're both relatively young players with very fantasy friendly games, but they're just guys who have a lot of promise that a lot of people love to pick as their kind of breakout player. And we really haven't super seen that, you know, break out into the top 50 yet. And I don't know that it's coming either, but we're definitely going to talk about that. Right. Yeah. I think um, a lot of fantasy has, out there uh, were on Aaron Gordon the second he got into the league. And Aaron Gordon um, has, I mean, like re- in reality, Aaron Gordon as a all around basketball player is putting up fairly decent stats for being, you know, what, how old is Aaron Gordon right now? 20, he's going to be 24 like next month or something like that. Like he's going to be 24 going into the season. He's already putting up like 16 and 7 with almost four assists. Like, those are pretty good stats, but it, there was a little bit of a sliver, maybe a, a few months, uh, two seasons ago, where Aaron Gordon looked like he was going to be a top tier player. You know, we talk about the tiers. We have our, you know, top three or four tiers, and we have our two plateaus. And Aaron Gordon has briefly flirted with one of those tiers, but this is really 
stuck with being a plateau player. And in the case of last year, um, kind of a second secondary plateau player, bad free throw percentage, um, and and didn't really improve too much of his game from the uh, from the previous year. You know, his points went down a little bit. He was shooting, um, uh, hitting less three free throw, or excuse me, hitting less three pointers. Uh, but he did uh, at least bump up his assists just a tad bit. So he's still just kind of hanging around in this like in this like could be but medio mediocrity, Tyler. And we've seen guys break out at 24, 25, 26, 27. Uh, is is Aaron Gordon a late bloomer for you, or, or are you taking a chance on him this season? Um. Well, okay. So again, this comes back to to the value argument, right? So if people are hyped on Aaron Gordon again and they're picking him in the top fifty, I'm out because I don't think he's really even proven to be a top fifty player. Now you mentioned it, right? There's some upside and there's some interesting. You know, fantasy goodness. Now, if I can pick Aaron Gordon at pick 80 or 90, I'm probably in. Uh, but I, for some reason, don't think that'll happen, right? People will get hyped. He's 23. He's fun to watch, right? He's got the big dunks, and he maybe that dunk contest gave him a bigger name than um, some other players. But I, I always feel like he goes right, right around, like, 50. And at that point, like, to me, I'm valuing him more as, like, uh, barely a top 75 player. And obviously if I can get him yeah. a bit after that, then I'm interested, but I just don't think I can. Yeah. Once again, it's to me, when you're drafting, it's all about, about value. He's been performing as a secondary plateau player, but he's a secondary plateau player with high upside, including upside that um, starts to trickle into uh, one of the lower tiers. And I think, you know, the situation kind of reminds me of a former Orlando Magic player named Victor Oladipo, who we saw flashes of, but never, he, he wasn't playing the right position. He wasn't playing enough minutes. He wasn't getting the coaching, the, uh, the, the training that he needed. And then when Oladipo left and finally got to the Pacers, he blew up. And Aaron Gordon, I would say, is like a lesser version of that because he's not performing as well as Opa, uh, Oladipo did in Orlando, we knew Oladipo was a very, very good fantasy player. But Aaron Gordon has that ability to be like a one-one-and-one guy uh, with four assists and seven rebounds, and that's what he's going to have to do in order to, uh, you know, be a fantasy commodity. And in, you know, what season is this for him, Tyler? His fourth season? Oh, Mike, you are wrong. This is going to be his sixth season. Oh, my God, sixth season, really? He's, You know what? He, he was really young when he came into the league, if this is his sixth season. I was just kind of going by his age. Sixth season in the league, it's going to have to happen now, right? So since it hasn't he, happened by now, I'm a little worried about it as well. He turned just – he had just turned 19 when he came in the NBA. So this, will be, so this will be his sixth you know year. Like, this then I'm still gonna I'm still gonna take a chance on Aaron Gordon in those in those in the later half of my draft. Um, simple because I think he's worth the risk. There's, but I don't think you can you get him there. Like this is a guy that people always question. seem to be hyped on, right? And and I don't that's, I, that's you know maybe question. in. 
in leagues where people are a little more, I don't know, educated, maybe he does go at 70 or 75, which I'm fine taking him there. Like that's fine. If that's the, if that's the stats you need, if, if there's some upside there, I mentioned that, but if he's going at 50, I'd stay away. And I, I feel like he's probably going to be a top 50 pick or relatively right around there just because I don't know, 23 guys always just get hyped on Aaron Gordon for whatever reason. I'm not going to take him at uh, in the top 50, top 60, probably not even the top 70. We have our friends over at hashtag basketball.com ranking Aaron Gordon per game at 88. And our good friend Mark Roberts likes him at 73. So that's that's pretty solid. Uh, if you look at total you know, mid-70s, the totals on hashtag he is ranked 70th because he's going to play 70 he's scheduled to play cool. 78 games which is a lot fine so yeah this is, kind of, this is kind of our point i think is like the the rankings based on you know previous history and probability of playing time that you know both mark roberts uh just plugs him in uh, joy over on hashtag basketball.com he uh you know makes some assumptions about playing time etc maybe some improvements here and there but still relatively based in uh, their, their past, their, their actual um, probability. They have, they have him in the, in the 70 range. So if you're taking him above the 70 range, I don't, I just, you're, you're going for a ceiling that, uh, that multiple people don't think exists, including Tyler and myself. So Aaron Gordon, at value, I'm still I'm still giving him a shot. I, I'm not giving up on the Aaron Gordon project. I'll probably never give up on the Aaron Gordon project, but I'm not going to waste any of my top uh, you know top half of my draft on on Aaron Gordon. And he's a a player too that even like in a deeper league at 70, I get a little bit skittish because that's like you know at some point right 70 becomes like your third or fourth best player, and. Do, do you really want Aaron Gordon to be your third or fourth best player? Like I'd much rather have somebody that, and we've seen Aaron Gordon kind of, you know, like one year he got a steal, but then last year it was down to 0.7 last year. He got 3.7 assists, but we've seen him be, you know, in 32 minutes only be 2.3 assists. So the statistics are not always like super, sticky with Aaron Gordon, right? Like some years he bubbles up and does some good stuff. And then other years he, is significantly worse in those categories. So in a deeper league, I might even pull back on him a little bit further. And because like in the top four rounds, I want somebody that I feel safe and I feel good about what production they're going to give me. And I'm just not sure Aaron Gordon is one of those players. And I think there's a few guys even who fall into these rounds that I, I like taking a a little bit more of a swing on like Wendell Carter jr. Uh, I like his upside, you know, like there's a handful of guys. I take a drink. Just take a drink. Just take, t- just take a drink. Everybody take a drink right now. Mike mentioned the bulls. So when Carter Jr. is going to have a good year, we're going to talk about the bulls in the future, but I want to talk, uh, well, Aaron Gordon's a product of a system and a, and a team that, you know, just doesn't know how to build talent. They just don't know how to build up young guys. And, uh, I hope, I hope he's able to overcome that. I think that uh, at some time, during his, uh, by the way, he could probably play like 25 years, like because he's only 24. He's in his like sixth or seventh year or whatever. Uh, but I want to talk about a guy you hit right on the head last season, Tyler. I'm very impressed by your call of uh, Nikola Vujovic 
being a very good player last season, but he even overexceeded your expectations. Uh, Vujovic, kind of like I think I, if you were, if anyone says they weren't surprised by what Vujovic did last season, they are full of shit. He played 80 games per game value of 11th overall totals value of fifth in fantasy basketball totals ended up playing 30 finally 31 minutes per game uh 21 and 12 a steal a block and a three it's a beautiful and, and great percentages for a center and almost four assists tyler are we looking at a repeat from the 28 year old soon to be 29 year old Nikola Vujovic. So this is where life gets interesting, right? Because I had Vujovic on almost every team last year, and a lot of it was, oh, you know, they drafted Mo Bamba. They're going to trade Vujovic, you know, whatever. I don't remember. There was lots of narrative. A lot of Mo Bamba talk, but I feel like a lot of that came from the fa- the song Mo Bamba, not the player Mo Bamba. Oh, and – you know, I, I was telling people, like, Mo Bamba's going to need a couple years to be relevant in the NBA. Like, he just – I could have told you he didn't really have the body to do it. And so I was recommending picking Vucevic in pretty much every league. But now, right, Vucevic was awesome. You mentioned that. And uh, Joey over at Hashtag has him ranked 15th. And Nikola Vucevic in Mark's rankings is ranked 24th. So now I've got to spend a second round pick to probably get Vucevic. Yeah, you're definitely spending a second round pick to get Vucevic. And even at 24, he's got Vucevic playing about 31 minutes a game. I mean, that just feels that feels low to me from uh, on Mark's side of the shop, in my opinion. Uh, Vucevic, I think, is a very, very solid second tier player. Uh, he does a lot of things that a lot of players can't do, like double digit rebounds and scoring 20 points. Uh, and they just paid him. Orlando just paid him a bunch of money and re-signed him. So why would they not play? Like, why would they suddenly reduce his minutes? Oh, he's the best player on the Magic. Like, no, no questions asked there. Um, I guess I'm a little skittish in this this sense, right? Like, we've seen some Vucevic years where the Magic go a little funky. And I, I don't even know that it's Vucevic. I mean, you mentioned it. We've seen this with players like Victor Oladipo and players like Aaron Gorward. And, like, they just kind of get in a rut or whatever it is. And Vucevic goes in the tank a little bit and just is having a funky season where he's averaging, you know, 17 points a game and, you know, the, the assists slip a little bit. And for whatever reason, he's only getting 10 rebounds instead of 12. Like I'm, I'm going to maybe own Vucevic in a league or two, but I'm not feeling super strong about it. Like I was last year where I was pretty much taking him in every league I was in. I mean, I think you were getting him in fourth rounds, even in some of those leagues, uh, just because people were out on him, And even in limited minutes, he is, you know, a, uh, a a tiered player. You know, he's probably a third tier player in 28 minutes, uh, 29 minutes. But uh, the Orlando Magic at least have a little bit of uh, new blood in their organization where they will probably actually have a coach who doesn't sit their players in the fourth quarter that are all-star caliber players. Uh, I mean, you get like if you're a coach who sat Oladipo in the fourth or, quarter, and the or Vucevic, like 
Like, yeah, dude, or Vucevic. Vucevic is your best player. Like, like, and we've we talked about this for years, right? When those two played on the team together, like, aren't they your two best players? Like, and we won't mention any names, but like, what the hell are you doing? Why does Vucevic play 28 minutes game? He's literally your best player or your second best player to Victor Oladipo when they were on the team together. Like, you're playing freaking Aaron Gordon over him. Like, Vucevic is way better. Uh, extensively better. And I do think you are right that the hype around Vucevic will drive up his draft price. Um, but I do feel fairly um, confident in taking him somewhere in the middle of the second round. Middle, late second round is perfectly fine for me. And if he's hanging around in the middle, late second round and he fits my, uh, my, my first round pick, great. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not out on Vucevic. I, all I'm saying is, right, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, you know, if I'm picking on the turn, I'm not grabbing Vucevic. Like, I'm just not. No, like, I'm, a little he, too high. Right, like, he's more in that, you know, 20 to maybe even, like, 26, 27, 28 range for me, depending on who I picked, right, in that first round and just what kind of guys that I want there. And there's a lot of, like, fungible value in that second round. We talked about that a little bit already. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so Vucevic is going to be fine. But I I can't make the bold proclamation of like get this guy on pretty much every team you own like I did last year. I just can't can't pull the trigger. It's fair. Uh, let's move on to the sleeper of the year, Jonathan Isaac. Uh, I think he will be on every single sleeper list you see next uh, or coming up into this season and probably next season too, because uh, Jonathan Isaac going to be his third year in the league. He ended up playing uh, twenty. 627 minutes a game last season and was across the board interesting uh in only 27 minutes a game he could be a one one and one guy he was a little light on steals to be a one one and one guy um but also another one of the he's actually a quadruple one guy because he's around one assist per game as well his rebounds are not outstanding he's not a good shooter at all He's not scoring the ball in bunches. And his, uh, I guess the other thing he's got going for him, he's got another one in turnovers. And he takes about a little over one free throw a game at 81%. So. My brain hurts. You said too many ones. He made my brain. He's the number one sleeper because of all the ones he gets all across the board. One assist. One steal, one block, one three, one turnover. Where does Jonathan Isaac improve in order to take himself from a, a you know a low plateau player to you know where I think we've seen uh, a lot of hype around him, Jonathan Isaac being ranked fairly high in some of the. Uh, the uh, pro- uh, pro- projections I've seen out there, uh, our friend Mark Roberts, a lot more realistic, and I think I'm a lot more in his boat, or yeah, in his boat at 95 uh, and only 85 over on hashtag basketball.com. But I have seen in this, you know, in the 60s, in the 50s for Jonathan. I, I just don't get that. Okay, and here's here's my explanation for you, Mike. And this one's pretty pretty simple. Okay. We've talked about three players, right? This is the third player. We've talked about a center and a power forward, right? 
and two guys that are basically locked in those positions, right? Like you don't want Vucevic playing a ton of power forward and you don't want Aaron Gordon playing any small forward. If you ask me, like that's just a mistake. Stop playing small forward. He's, he's just much better as a power forward. So Jonathan Isaac in his two years has played 99% of his minutes as a power forward. So if Aaron Gordon is going to play 32 or 33 minutes, simple math would tell you how many minutes can Jonathan Isaac play, right? Like, okay, Aaron Gordon sits a few games and maybe Jonathan Isaac's going to play 30, but like on a lot of nights, isn't Jonathan Isaac going to be playing like 20 minutes a game? I don't know if, if he'll drop to 20 minutes a game. That seems aggressive, but uh, 30 minutes a game every single game also seems unlikely. Oh, here's the, the breakdown per basketball reference last year. Okay. He played in how many games, Michael? Do you know? 25. He played more than 25. Now, come on. 75. Oh, 75. You're right. Correct. Very good. Yeah. I'm on top so, of the game. He played 10 to 19 minutes six times. He played less than 29 minutes, 51 or 57 out of his 75 games. So he played over 30 minutes just 18 times. And those were mostly games when Aaron Gordon didn't play. So, or Vucevic for that matter, right? And Vucevic didn't miss that many games last year. Um, so I, I just don't really see how Jonathan Isaac gets much more than that 26 minutes a game that he got last year, unless one of those other two guys are hurt. So if you're picking this guy in the top 50, that's an even bigger mistake than picking Aaron Gordon in the top 50 because, I mean, okay, he scored nine points a game last year. I don't really see him playing any minutes, any more minutes, so maybe he can get that up to 10. No assists. The blocks are fine, right? Especially from a, a maybe a small forward eligible guy in, in certain leagues. Yeah, I just don't really see much to like here. I, I don't really think I'm going to own Jonathan Isaac on maybe any of my teams this year. I think the hype will be much too big. And I just don't really see any way that he pushes past that like 27 minute a game range. Yeah, I would actually think like he's kind of like an uh, Aaron Gordon light, where if you believe that Jonathan Isaac is going to take the big leap, at age 22 in year three, which is when, uh, you know, players do take a bit of a leap in year three, um, then I can see you saying he's going to be better than Aaron Gordon if Aaron Gordon does nothing but stay the same. I feel a lot safer in Aaron Gordon staying the same than I do Jonathan Isaac taking the leap. Therefore, Aaron Gordon is going to be overall going to be ranked higher than uh, Jonathan Isaac and produce better numbers, better stats, very close stats, maybe a little less blocks, but almost a one, one, and one guy, Isaac being almost a one, one, and one guy Um, for what essentially is someone you can get at a lower draft pick. And I mean like, okay, so Aaron Gordon did play 40% of his minutes at small forward last year per basketball reference. Right. So that makes, a little more sense of why Isaac played 99 of his as considered a power forward. And um, we can talk semantics about how they figure that out, but I, I still just don't really see any way. Like if you're not going to play this guy as a small forward and play him small forward minutes, like if you can't, 
he's not going to beat out Aaron Gordon for the minutes, is he? Like, so if he's not going to beat out Aaron Gordon for the minutes, like, I just don't see any way he breaks out in the sense that he can get himself even anywhere near that top 50, much less that top 75 in 27 minutes. Like, you're a barely a hun- top 100 player, I think, if you're going to play 27 minutes a game, and that's probably what he's going to play. If you, if you hadn't taken a swing all draft long and you're sitting around in the, 80, the, the, the 80s and 90s and you're like, all right, I need to take a swing. I don't know. Let's see who's out there. And Jonathan Isaac's out there, like pick 92. Yeah, take a, take a swing at Jonathan Isaac. But like you're, you're betting people who are taking him at 50 – are not just betting on a leap. They're 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 betting on, uh, like a God. I'm trying to think of someone who's who's made a significant leap. Funny. And here's, like he here's, he's obviously projected to be a very good fantasy basketball player uh, in his per 36, but he's gonna have to like, another thing. put his game together in order to be. A, a dominant player. Another thing, they added Al Farouk Aminu, who plays small forward and power forward. That's right, which we oh, if, should definitely talk about. Al Farouk Aminu, I mean, say what you want about that dude. That dude's a, an NBA veteran quality player. Um, he's gone to the not- playoffs multiple, multiple times with the Portland Trail Blazers. He is only. 29 years old and uh, he's effective in in short minutes like he's a waiver wire guy or end of a bench guy in limited minutes if he shows up here and he's just showing jonathan isaac up which a wily vet should be able to show jonathan isaac up then alfred gamina is going to be playing 30 minutes and isaac's going to be playing 25 and that's the other thing too is you know not only you know, you, there's people betting on this Isaac leap, and and basically most of that has it has to be on playing more minutes, right? Like, there are very few players in the NBA that could be uh, a top fifty player in fantasy in 27 minutes a game. Like, there's just not that many. There's not that many out there. Um, I found it, Tyler. He would have to take a Pascal Siakam type leap in order to be like a yeah, but top how many minutes? Forty players did Pascal play last year? You know what I mean? Like he played like 32. So now you're telling me they've got the same front court and they added a player who plays as a combo same. forward. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so if anything, I think kind of his minutes go down and not up. And I know that's crazy to say because everyone seems to love Jonathan Isaac, but I, I just don't see it, man. I just don't. And so like, if I can snag him, like you said, in like the 90 to hundred range, I'm okay with it. But I, Man, if I gotta pick him at even like seventy-five, I'm I think I'm probably gonna find somebody I like more at that range. There are better players in better situations with higher upside that are just more likely to take a leap than John uh, out of this lower plateau than Jonathan Isaac. Uh, his talent still keeps me interested. His uh, fantasy value about being a kind of across the board type of player still keeps me interested in taking a swing with him. Ah, uh, you know, outside of those lower rounds, I'm not going to waste a you know top seven, top even eight pick on Jonathan Isaac. So I think me and you won't own him at all. But I, you did mention Alfred Gamino, and I want to mention the rest of this squad, uh, who are all you know pretty solidly overlooked players when it comes to later rounds, 
and in bigger leagues who are all standard league relevant, even if it means you play them off the waiver wire a little bit. Uh, but Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier, and DJ Augustine, a, uh, a late point guard that you can get in most drafts, are, are all very draftable. Oh, yeah, for sure, right? And each one kind of gives you a little bit different uh, fantasy profile, so you got to kind of know what your team is looking for. Or And you mentioned it, like a lot of these guys sit on the waiver wire most of the time. Like, I can't tell you how many times I streamed DJ Augustine for like five assists. Now, you would love it if DJ Augustine got you a steal, and he doesn't. He only gets you like 0.6, which is not great, but... You know, he gets you five assists. He can get you, like, 12 points. Like, he's going to be their starting point guard again. Um, Evan Fournier is actually a pretty good scorer, right? He's probably going to average somewhere around 15 a game. Um, I mentioned Terrence Ross, the guy I picked up a ton last year. Good threes, get you some points, get you a steal, get you almost half a block. So he is kind of sexy on the waiver wire, too. Um, and obviously, Alfaruk Aminu, right? Big rebounds and a guy you can play at small forward. So if you're looking for kind of out of position rebounds, um, there are a few better players in the NBA for that if he's playing some good minutes. And um, if Mo Bamba can somehow scrape like 20 minutes a game, he's probably, you know, going to be a one and a half blocks guy, which that makes him even kind of interesting to stream if you really need blocks. That's true. And uh, Marco, uh, Marco Fultz is even hiding on the very, very end of this uh, of this bench, along with Michael Carter-Williams, who in particular cases of DJ Augustine getting hurt uh, and not playing as much anymore, those guys potentially in 30-some minutes a game could be um, standardly relevant, at least off the waiver wires. So an uh, incredibly deep fantasy team even though we're not too ex- excited or sold on Jonathan Isaac or uh, Aaron Gordon taking taking a leap this year. Uh, but all those guys, Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier, DJ Augustine, Al Camino, and even Mobamba. I, I don't know if I would ever draft Mobamba in a standard league, but the, the other four, if you kind of just need to solidify a, a category um, with the end of your draft, all those guys are really healthy choices. Yeah, and you mentioned Fultz, and Fultz is going to be someone sort of interesting for to watch this season. Now, we're not maybe talking fantasy here, but they actually just came out like about two weeks ago, so in, in mid-August, and said that he's still rehabbing and working towards returning to basketball. And I'm not sure what the heck that means, right? Like, how, what, what injury does this guy have? And yep. Yeah, like, and so, you know, they said he was out with a shoulder and a wrist in March. He hurt his shoulder and his wrist at the same time. I don't know how that, what happened here. He's he's got the yips, Tyler. He's he's lost it. He's like chalked down a block, man. Like, he just, he forgot how to play basketball. He forgot how to shoot. He forgot how to shoot, and it's in his head. It's deep inside of his head. He's going to have to go to therapy for this stuff. Like, it's, I hope he figures it out. Um this bad sign to say that he, if they're still saying he's injured still, that's definitely a really, really bad sign. Um, Tyler, this team made the playoffs last year in the East. What about this year? I am going to go for them in the playoffs again this year. I feel like Vooch is going to play good. 
I feel like they've got some other interesting kind of pieces. They are just a lot deeper team than some of those other teams in the Eastern Conference, I think. We mentioned, right, that they've got, you know, nine or ten fairly good players. So I am going to go with them making it as one of the last couple teams in the East, probably somewhere that sixth, seventh, eighth seed. I just feel like the the depth is really is going to be what pushes them to making it. Yeah, uh, I think they got a definitely a chance until a fully healthy Chicago Bulls team comes in and runs them off the court for that eighth spot in the playoffs. Um, Orlando, a very good team, some good fantasy players on it. I think that's it for them, though, for this preview. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you like the show, rate, review us, send us feedback on Twitter. We're going to be doing a ton of shows leading up to this season. And if you want to check out my uh, rankings on uh, the top first two tiers for this season, at least my first pass, go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. That is free for all listeners. And if you want to support the show, sign up to be a Patreon. We would really, really appreciate that. All the money goes to help making this show as good as it possibly can be. And we'll be back for the next team real soon. Thanks, everybody.